0: Probably going to screw a bunch of stuff up. Yeah, I think so. How's your uh, monitoring volume there? Good. Okay. Music was a bit hot, but it's okay. Yeah. All right, well. It's been a while. It has been a while. Got this new equipment, so the sound's probably going to be different. Yeah. Until we get it dialed in. Might screw some stuff up, like I said, but it was uh, it was a necessary change. Was it necessary? Yeah. <laughs> I was having too much, too many problems with that whole thing, and then they decided to not support firmware anymore. And oh, I didn't know they stopped supporting it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I was really excited about the feature set of of this thing because it really drastically simplifies. Because our it's actually not as flexible routing wise and all that doesn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, the our old mixer would. I mean, you'd have just like pretty much unlimited like virtual mixing buses and. Could, i mean the routing was just you remember this you remember that giant routing grid i mean mm-hmm. you could just i mean yeah. and this has like basically one main bus a couple of like stereo buses it's really simple it's really i mean they call it a it's for it's designed for least really it's not for these people that do these streaming podcasts you know the nerds that would like they've got obs running and they're mm-hmm. playing a video game or yeah and they're you know whatever so it's it's kind of it's really for specific podcasting use cases it just happens so happens that i mean ours is a simple one and it fits it just fine but so it's not as powerful mixing and routing and all that but it's simpler we have one piece of equipment now here instead of three Maybe two or three yeah yeah so yeah i don't know it's got some downsides though this monitoring this latency is a real bummer for me i feel like someone's talking into my ear besides me right now
1: <laughs> i don't know i i'm i'm, I'm used to it That's i'm getting good. used to it it just sounds like a slight
0: kind of reverb. I wonder if I should try at some point plugging my mic into a different input. Maybe this input's delayed. Input input one and monitor one's. Do bad. you hear any like phasing, like chorus sounding with when I talk? Just from
1: no, no. I tried I tried to see if I could see it. I can see it now that I'm kind of projecting a bit more on myself. You can hear your, you can hear, hear it, it on yourself. It, see yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I see sound. Oh, you see dead people? No, just sound. Oh, okay. Ghosts don't
0: exist, Jeremy. Well, let's get to um, enough enough inside baseball here on our boring crap. What about? Uh, you got anything topical or anything that's been in stuck in your craw? There's always something stuck in your craw, John. What is it this week?
1: <laughs> programming wise,
0: <laughs> just, I mean, I can oh, tell you
1: business programming. I went down the rabbit hole of. Uh, well, how do I set this up? Um, I'm trying to get our package ready for security review, so I turned. I should have had it on for the beginning, but I didn't. I think I just had the normal inspections that, that, uh, I eliminated cloud provides. And then I just decided to turn on PMD upgraded to the latest version. And there's some, some things in it that I just didn't agree with rule set wise, but yeah. it's tough because in the same way that TDD or test driven development chain or kind of dri- drives how you code something or how you do something because you're trying to make it testable. Um, Inspections can do the same thing. I've kind of learned the hard way.
0: Um, inspection-driven development, yeah.
1: Inspection-driven. <laughs> that's that's perfect. Um, and I went down this rabbit hole where I wanted to resolve all these issues. And unfortunately, because I did it towards the end of the project and not towards the beginning, as I was developing, all these issues came up, and I wanted to resolve them all. Like I had like a thousand issues, but ninety percent of them were because I had test classes that didn't have the run as rule enabled. And the way the rule Mm. is written in PMD, it sounds like you only need to have one run as per test class. But the way it was evaluating it was you had to have a run as for each test method. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense because I could have true unit tests on functions and methods that don't do any DML, in which case I don't have to incur the expense of doing a run as a certain user. I shouldn't have to. I was like, well... I've got these classes mixed of utility classes and DML operations. And I guess that means I really should be splitting those up. And I'm like, well, now, now, now I'm building code for the inspection. So it was just, it was just one of those weird things that got to me. I went down this rabbit hole and now I'm trying to dig myself out of it because I'm, I got way too focused on resolving rule issues. <laughs> it threw you for a, it distracted you. It did. I stopped making progress on the things I need to make progress with. Cause I was trying to resolve these, these rules that really didn't matter and tr- trying to put suppression tags where I didn't really, shouldn't be focusing my time on essentially. Uh, and that maybe that's just my nature is to, to go down these rabbit holes, kind of nitpick at something, kind of pull on the thread of that sweater until I end up unraveling the whole thing and ruining it. That's no. what I felt <laughs> like I was doing. It's the tools there to help you, John. I know. And it, it, it in some ways, it does. In some ways, it flags things that I really want to pay attention to. But in other cases, it's it's really distracting. And I guess I could turn that rule off or, you know. But, th- but then I'm then I'm having to learn PMD. I'm having to learn.
0: That's not all. a bad thing.
1: It's not. But when I'm trying to get, when I'm trying to be productive, it's kind of, it stops me from being productive. Because now I'm like, okay, well, now I got to learn their rule set. And I got to learn all the different attributes that allow me to customize how a rule is interpreted, you know, to turn this thing off or change the change the regex pattern for, for matching certain things because of the way I want it formatted. So then I'm, I'm doing all these kind of modifications and everything. And I'm trying to, I just felt like I just stopped progress and I was just fiddling with, with PMD
0: rule set instead of getting work done. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a tool. So, um, uh, yeah, i I find that the default PMD is not bad. I'm sorry. I'm still jacking with this. Um, yeah, it's not bad. Um, I think it comes out of the box with pretty good advice.
1: I think so too. I mean, but did I, you
0: have, did you tie it into like your build chain or anything?
1: No, I mean it's just as soon as I save, it runs an inspection. Then I can manually run the inspection across the whole project. Okay,
0: is that through not, uh, IntelliJ? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm not having it block my commits or anything. I like gotcha. That. Okay. So,
0: but yeah,
1: that I mean I've been doing that just working through and trying to make updates and trying to figure out how I want to structure things cuz I'm kind of at a point where since I have to get things ready I'm kind of doing some quality of life stuff too as well. So that's taking a little bit of time as well just to kind of think through things and it it, it doesn't always feel productive cuz sometimes I'm just sitting there reading or thinking or popping over into a different environment so I could you know test out a new class structure or or maybe some interface structure that I think is going to help or may not help or might reduce redundancy that I'm seeing in the code. And so that, that kind of takes time. It's not tangible work. It's not like I can present it and say, here's everything I did. And just, there's this huge box of stuff in it. It's, it's such a, it's such a mental thing or like a non-tangible thing that it's hard to quantify sometimes. And I've, I I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like it's work that gets lost in the ether and I don't know how to justify the time to myself. Mm. Like, was I productive? Was that worth it? You know, how do I quantify that? Going down the rabbit hole, coming back out of it with maybe something to show for it or maybe not something to show for it.
0: I mean, I think it's pretty much accepted that, you know, having some kind of static analysis is a part of your tooling or your or your build process is pretty, pretty valuable.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've moved. I get, what I was talking about just now was not about the tooling or the inspections. was just about me going through and looking at what I've written and doing those quality of life improvements and trying to decide, is this something that needs to be abstracted out? Is this a potential for, uh, I don't know, some kind of base class inheritance structure so that I can reduce some redundancy here? Which, if we had generics, would be really nice. Because um, one thing I do try to avoid is I don't like casting everywhere. I hate casting and if I go the route of having base classes and using inheritance on, on say, my selector pattern, because it has some base methods like get me IDs or turn this list into a map or do this filtering, it just, it just has some basic utility methods. And traditionally, the way I handled that was I would have a keyword in my IDE that would generate basically a template, it would execute a template that would generate all that for me so that I could have strongly typed uh, selector classes um, to, the, to the S object so I wouldn't have to do a bunch of casting. Well, now I have a lot of bloated unit testing because I'm having to test all those methods, and that became a template. So the unit test for the selectors became a template, and I'm just like, all right, let's see if I can just cre- create this like base class and do some inheritance. Well, that means I'm back to S objects, passing around S objects around, and I have to cast. So it's just, mm. it's those kind of trade-offs, those kind of decisions where you're just kind of like, is it worth it, is it not,
0: you know? Well, supposedly Apex will be getting... Generics, some some kind of generic support. It'll be nice.
1: I just I don't know. Next year, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think that casting is that big of a performance issue. Not at least not these days. But it just it's just not readable to have to cast everything everywhere.
0: Well, yeah, and it's well, it's also dan- more dangerous. I mean, you're you're doing all this stuff at runtime. So Mm -hmm. you're you're doing all these runtime checks. I mean, they become runtime checks, which they should be done at compile time. Just statically, the compiler can see that you are, what's supposed to be passed in is what's getting passed in and what's getting pulled out is what's supposed to, you know. Yeah. What, What you say this thing is, is in fact what it is. And it's statically determinable, not, you know, runtime determinable.
1: Yeah, and I never did a deep dive on generics the technology itself um i mean i remember when they came out for c sharp i think that's when i first got introduced to generics um, i never took a deep dive to understand you know how much of it is determined real time versus compile time in terms of that structure uh, or maybe it's a hybrid of both i don't i don't know how the compiler
0: handles that well i mean yeah the compiler could see if you have if you have you know i have a container of x Um, you'd make sure that you only put X things in there. And then also when you pull things out of there, first of all, you're not having a cast. Mm -hmm. And so the compiler knows that you, what's in that container and it lets you, you know, use it with, you know, obviously without throwing any kind of errors or any compilation warnings. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea with generics is to give you, um, a richer type system that is statically provably correct. Whereas what we have right now is just, they don't have that. I mean, there's some things in what, so what Salesforce has, um, they have a few collection classes, right? So like a map Mm -hmm. you can, and you can pass type parameters into like maps and sets and Mm -hmm. lists. Right. Right. That's kind of where the generics end. You can't, there's not like user defined generic. You can't come up with your own generic class. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that'll be nice. I mean, that'll just result in higher quality code.
1: I I mean, I think so. But but I also see, I mean, speaking of PMD, when I was trying to figure out how this rule was being inter this uh, run as rule was being interpreted, I went to the source of it because thankfully it's open but it's using a ton of generics. It's Java based yeah. and it's using a ton of generics and trying to tease out from a Git. Like I didn't download the source and look at it through the ID, which I probably should have. Um, instead I was on Git trying to read it off of Git. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? This isn't working. Cause I, I see the, you know, the capital T and I'm like, well crap, I don't know what that is, Right. <laughs> you know, there's just no context when you're reading, reading the, the code straight out. Um, and that's the problem. I think that's, one of the drawbacks of generics is that you really need the IDE to help you because it's going to have to do the reading for you and be able to tell you what type context you have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious when Apex goes down that route, if they'll do... I mean, because like when Java implemented generics, they did it via this thing called type erasure.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And so what that means is, you know, the compiler can do all these checks, but at runtime, it erases it erases everything down to uh, basically erases the generics and the type information away.
1: Mm.
0: So it knows, it knows that your code is right, but at runtime, it actually has no idea what's in type. So if like you get, if someone gives you, or if you somehow get a, an instance of, you know, a container of something, you can't at runtime feel via reflection, like you can in some other languages, you can't say, Oh, well, what, what is the specific generic? What's the generic type parameter of this, of this particular container I have here? It's, it has no idea. It's in in Java. It's object. It's just it's a race down to object, which is like the base uh, class in, in Java. Whereas other language, I think C sharp. Um, uh, what I can't remember what the technique is, but it keeps it retains the type information. And that's C sharp was able to do that because they added generics in one dot one. I think of .net. I think .net one dot one added generics, and they basically broke everything. Mm. Um. And in fact, did they not add a whole other namespace of all of like collection classes? So you had the generic, you had the generic ones, mm-hmm. and then I think that's what they did. This goes. Uh, this is a long time ago, and also I, I was never like a huge .NET developer or anything. seemed more more about it, me. I,
1: I I completely ignored generics until I some somehow decided I needed to learn it. So it was like later, after it was
0: fully implemented, that I was started using them. Yeah, no, they're they're really really useful. Um, but yeah, I think when they added generics I th- um, in .NET 1.1, I think they added them under a completely separate namespace. So you had all the generic uh, collection. I'm mm. and I'm thinking specifically about the collection classes. Like the the, the non-generic ones were still there, mm-hmm. but then the generic collection framework was in a completely different namespace. I think that's what they did. Mm. But that's how they were able to because with a new generic namespace and all the you know the entirely new uh, fr- collections framework they were able to basically like yeah break everything whereas java was so mature by the t- i mean i'll say that um when they had generics 1.5 i can't remember um but J- java was so deployed i mean and had you know massive code bases you know r- written against and then that so they couldn't they can't just like break stuff Right. I mean, I think to Java's detriment over the years, they've been way too concerned about, I mean, you have to be concerned, but way too concerned about um, keeping backwards compatibility. They've gotten more uh, aggressive nowadays,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and it's a lot better. But yeah, just for, I mean, for like a decade, Java was just slow to develop things because they were so incredibly worried about introducing some new language feature or whatever that would break it would break uh, people's existing code. Like you could, like you could take your existing code base, upgrade to the new Java, and all of a sudden your stuff doesn't compile. Like that's right. what they wanted to avoid, which is fine. That's fair. But
1: which happened to us? You remember that? Uh, with we were on a project, and ninety percent of it was uh, Java as a back end, and I think it was Flex on the front end.
0: Okay, yeah, I and, remember uh, that
1: one. I think we were handing off to another team or something, and uh, they came back saying it doesn't compile. <laughs> and it was it was specifically because we started we were using a newer version and we had implemented generics in there.
2: That okay. was a long time ago. Yeah, but
1: okay.
0: yeah, That was a long time ago.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, we only did one big flex Java projects so on, I know which one I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, well, um, I don't know if I can even play this, but, and I don't, uh, here, I don't know, I, uh,
2: billion.
0: I let me stop this. Um, I almost don't want to play this because I definitely don't want to. I don't. I'm not into like kicking people when they're down. Um, but did you see this Kramer meltdown that happened? No, I don't I say meltdown. I haven't. I mean, he's, he had, a he's had worse forever. He's had worse meltdowns. Uh, let's see what kind of audio am I going through? Okay, the chat. Kind of written that? him off. He's such a shill. Yeah, but he. Um, I guess he. You know, uh, this is the, the trouble he gets himself into. Is first of all he com- becomes too he can, becomes friends and he gets too personal. And he with gets it, too yeah. personal with people and who knows? I mean, first of all, that just the appearance of impropriety is always a big problem. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't trust anyone. I don't trust anything he says. I mean, I, nor, nor, I mean, you really shouldn't trust anything anyone says, but I mean, you tend to develop this kind of an inherent, like trust level between, you know, whether it's different journalists or financial analysts or whatever. Um, but you know, he, he just like, how could you trust him on anything? He, he's too concerned with being liked. He's too concerned with getting invited to the parties. He's yeah. too concerned with um, being in that milieu and being seen in that milieu. Mm-hmm. And so, why you know, you just you can't ever trust this guy. He's slimy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he got upset because he was making all these, you know, uh, prognostications about Facebook or Meta, I guess, is the company now, mm-hmm. right? And it just, you know... They massively imploded, and I think it was—I must have been shortly after. I didn't see what led up to this. I mean, but he must have been really pumping it hard. But this is—I don't know if we'll be able to hear this. Let me
2: to make sure. Cash flow last year, nine point five billion. Now less than one billion. Okay, let me say this about this. I made a mistake here. I was wrong. I trusted this management team. That was ill-advised. Uber's here is extraordinary. And I apologize. Okay. Um, what did you get wrong? I had a, a belief that there was a recognition that there is a amount that you can't spend.
0: First of all, he's almost, he's almost crying. It sounds like he's struggling through his words. there. Yeah. I've never
1: known him to put have that much many pauses in his words. I, mean,
0: I won't say he was crying, but I didn't see any tears. But he's clearly like sh- shaken up, shook up, shaken up, shook up about this. But I want to just rewind that part. I mean, this is this is how crazy things have gotten.
2: There was a recognition that there is a amount that you can't spend.
0: So, bef- so he assumed that management recognized there was an amount of certain amount of money that you just can't spend beyond that or else it's very very bad for your business and what he, I think what he's saying is like he just assumed that like they knew that that was a thing and that they, they understood that there was a limit to how much you can spend and I, I'm going to remind this again because I want to make sure that I'm understanding this right I wish I could get this louder but I've got it like maxed
2: I had a, a belief that there was a recognition that there is a amount that you can't spend. Contrast that, for instance, with Jim Farley, who took a project that was his, Argo, and closed it because it was not ready. It was not near enough. This situation is almost a rogue situation. I had thought there would be an understanding that you just can't spend and spend right through your free cash flow.
0: I thought there was an understanding that you can't just spend and spend right through all of your free cash flow. I call BS on that.
1: Okay. I mean, the entire tech industry for the last decade or so has been built on nothing but growth, spending stock dollars that they don't have physically, um, overpaying for companies massively, yeah, um, increasing their workforce tenfold instead of uh, working for efficiencies, they just solve the problem by adding more people.
0: We're seeing, we're seeing that. And uh, that's where we're at today. Yeah, it,
1: I call BS that this is this is somehow we thought we understood. No. The tech industry was freely spending money like crazy. Money that they did not have. They were spending funny
0: money. Yep. Monopoly money. Well, but we have to always go back to this because we cannot forget what drove this. What drove this is the financial, is the investor community. They all, they're all complicit in mm-hmm. this, they allowed it mm-hmm. because as long as the stock prices were doing what they wanted to do, they didn't care. Right. They didn't care that there was no fundamentals there. They didn't care they were spending through cash flow. Because right. as long as people, as long as the stock market kept rewarding them, and here's the dinger. Do I have any, what, what do I have on this thing here? I don't really have an appropriate. I was looking at my little pads here. <laughs> it's It's the zero interest rates that we've lived through for the past 10 years yeah this is as good as I can get <laughs> I need my bell Or right, I need to put a bell on here yeah. um, it it just the, the all these things and everyone was up everyone knew that they were participating in something that was i mean is it is it not moral is it not ethical I'm not sure I don't know if I'd go too far to say it wasn't moral or ethical, but they all. I don't feel sorry for anyone because they all knew it. You know, they go, all, they're all playing. The and game. don't get me wrong; it worked out for uh, for the ones pull, pulling strings. I mean, it worked out. It's worked out beautifully for all of them. Yes. You now these companies where they they have spent all that funny money, they have burned through all their, um, you know, through just they they still don't, they don't make any money. Mm-hmm. Multi billion. They've made tons of billionaires. They've made tons of millionaires. Still don't make money. Still don't pay tax. Mm-hmm. Ding ding ding. Where's my bell. And they all know it. They all know it. Yeah. And they're all in on it. The the Congress is in on it. Everyone, the regulators are in on it. Everyone is in on it. Yeah. And what you, and in every once in a while you just see when the stuff starts to hit the fan and we're kind of in that point right now. Yeah. And and the in the layoffs of this wave of layoffs that is coming, it's it's part of that. It's part of the whole package. You can't have one without the other. You anyway, know, let's continue Kramer here.
2: Uh, that there had to be some level of discipline and I didn't. There had
0: to be, I had, there was an understanding there had to be some level of discipline. Yeah. Again, that's BS.
2: Get it. But David, what did I get wrong? I, I trusted them, not myself. For that, I regret. Okay. I've been in this business for 40 years and I did a bad job. I'm, well, not, no. proud. Not, I'm not proud. You're not alone.
0: You're not alone. Jim uh, Morgan Stanley today downgrades it for the first time ever. Uh, to equal weight, uh, target a 105. They call it thesis changing. What happened last? I night? I think
2: that's fair. When I discussed this with my wife Lisa, because this is all I talked about last night, and how disappointed I was—not in them, but myself—I uh, think that's true. It was thesis changing? I did believe that there would be some discipline. I emphasized to them actually that I, I expected discipline. But I want to go back again. I made a mistake. And I was wrong. I trusted this management team, and that was ill advised. And I own that. It it happens. Um, I appreciate that. You know, you I have like relationships with people that extend over long periods of time.
0: This is wow. and, this, and this, that's the part of the problem. I mean, I mean, he's talking why? about. Why are they trying to? But why is why is the TV stock guy have? Why does he have these private relationships with all these management teams? Yeah. Exactly. i mean again maybe maybe I'm just stuck on this and it, and there's nothing wrong with it. maybe I'm just old fashioned or i or I don't understand how these things work, but I just think it's not appropriate, and that's that's going to get you into trouble they They totally used him yeah he he was the dummy that thought the hot girl liked him. she went out with him and let him all let him on for a long time, yeah, lying to him the whole time, yeah, and he believed it. He got cop sipping. <laughs>
2: And you believe what they tell you to some extent. Now, that's it was horrifying. Altimeter was right. And I chose to, I chose to not overlook what Altimeter said. Well, that was just this week. That no, was just no. one day. Well, right. Yeah. Okay. Y- you're right. I, uh, oh, no, it's oh, very oh. easy, I think. And I'm can can, to I can, hang on. right to do that.
0: I can turn the gain up on this. I didn't realize that. Hang on. Is this working? Hang on.
2: But I come out here oh, and I whoa. try to help people every day.
0: Damn. Back with not redo. I
2: failed to help people, and I own that. And was I too close to the company? Yes. I did not think the company would be as ill-advised as to spend through what they had. Well, as without Carl, any discipline whatsoever. As Carl said, you're not alone in being. Sp- Man, they just that's Why, why are
1: they trying to absolve him of his guilt? I mean, he's. I think they feel bad for him, John. I feel bad for him. I mean, I. I His his apology seems sincere. However, his, he should be doing it without the excuses. Because the excuse of we didn't know or I trusted them is BS. He was their hype machine. He gave them the platform to to go on and and continue to, to continue the narrative of we're pushing for growth, we're growing faster, we're moving fast. We're, We're, you know, it just, he knew. Yeah. They all knew what they were doing. He, it's, for him to go up there and say I didn't know or I trusted them is is that's BS. No, he didn't know, John.
2: He has no idea how bad it is <laughs> out there. He has no idea. He has no idea.
0: It is bad out. It's bad out there right now.
1: And I don't I don't fault him for for having I don't know friends or relationships with these people, but when it comes to, to the integrity portion of it, he he shouldn't have let those relationships affect his broadcasting or affect his his advice that he was giving. And I know we have differences of opinion on this because you know, we've had these conversations before on, you on integrity. And I do? Yes, okay. Where you know I don't mind these relationships. I don't mind these these things to exist as long as you can separate the two. You can separate the business from that, and um, maybe can I do it, John? Yeah, yeah. Hang on.
0: These aren't real journalists, John. They're tech journalists.
1: <laughs> uh, I got to remember not to laugh. because that's, that's on me too. <laughs> uh. That's fun, though. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I just... Uh, it's hard for me to have empathy
0: for him. Um, well, he's fine. I mean, well, I say that. I mean, maybe he's personally lost a ton of money in meta. I don't know. That's what he's really crying about. <laughs> it's crying because his wife uh, grounded him <laughs> for losing all their money.
1: <laughs> yeah, how much, how much you want to... Yeah, this is... Uh, I'm not going to get into it. I'm gonna stop myself.
0: Well, um, man, you just got other stuff like this uh, crypto, FTX. If you followed the news on that complete collapse. That guy went from like he being worth sixteen billion dollars, and the next day is zero.
1: I've I've gotcha. never uh, to me the the crypto game is nothing but a Ponzi scheme. There's there's no there's no there's no value there. There's all no right. tangible value. It's 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 complete funny money. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about the dollar and how it how it may or may not be truly backed by by whatever, but crypto it just was not. There's not even an argument. It's just bits on a hard drive somewhere that has to be supplied by wind and solar and everything else
0: to keep it alive.
1: There's nothing.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm a I'm a believer in cryptocurrency now. Which is the right one? You know, that's a whole other question, but. This is not the uh, crypto podcast I, I I bet you there are one or two crypto related podcasts out there, don't you think
1: maybe one maybe it's one such a yeah. niche
0: yeah yeah well yeah. i didn't I don't really get i didn't have a lot prepared so we can we can keep this one short <laughs> plus we spent an hour trying to dial in the settings on this on this new equipment we have here but um I mean the other thing just- i guess to dovetail is just all these all the all the layoffs that are coming now, yeah, which we have to mention salesforce. Is-
1: doing their layoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, they're not they're not immune from, you know, they're not immune from the economy. They're not immune from all this inflation pressure now. They're not, and but they're, they're still, know, they,
1: they still have their darlings in the industry that like to downplay the, the stuff that they're doing.
0: I don't, I mean, well, well he, sure. he, he, here, they, Here's my got, evidence to
1: they, back that up. Okay. I, I looked at a bunch of articles trying to talk about the the layoffs and the numbers. And you know what 90% of the titles were? Salesforce, uh, confirms layoffs of hundreds. Okay, hundreds. Not the thousand. Similarly, Microsoft uh, recently did the same thing. And 90% of those headlines were Microsoft nearly lays off a thousand. And, and it's not like they didn't know the number because the first line of of the articles of of all of them was Salesforce confirms they're about to lay off a, th- a thousand. Plus more to come. Listen, plus, plus up to like 2,500, I think, is the, is the number they're going to end up, which is... The thousand is like one percent, so I guess they're looking for about two point five percent, I'm assuming if that that trend holds.
0: So protocol originally reported that you know a 2,500 number. Mm -hmm. And then later I saw someone else report that while the report was true that they were doing layoffs, that it was not that it was not that big. But this is also I I mean I, I just think we're gonna see and I'm not 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 talking about Salesforce specifically, but we're going to see continued, you know, waves of layoffs. And and if this recession that we're in, that they're not calling a, they're not admitting as a recession, but if it continues to get worse, then we're going to see that keep rolling. Also, did you, uh, there was another thing that um, I think it was yesterday, Protocol was reporting that, you know, another thing Salesforce did was um, very uh, urgently what was their word here? Um, it, they basically adjusted their HR policy to make firing easier. Uh, did you see that? No. Yeah. Um, Salesforce previously, Salesforce employee relations team was heavily involved behind the scenes in processing of uh, putting employees on improvement plans and all that kind of stuff. Now, after these policy changes that they rushed in here, now uh, managers can put employees on performance improvement plans with, without HR um, and terminate them with little HR oversight, according to sources. Uh, and managers were recently asked to. Dis- to sign a document indicating that under this new system they would treat employees fairly. So, <laughs> Salesforce is basically saying, okay, you can hire and you can fire whenever you need to and we're going to need you to by the way. But, you just have to sign this thing saying that uh, you're going to be fair and you're not going to blame us for anything. <laughs> I, I don't
1: know if they can make that.
0: I mean, you know, most of these, you know, this country is kind of like an ad. At- they're not real- going to is- have
1: demographic quotas on who they let go? Well, I mean, they they can't get rid of the the, you know that the certain demographics that they don't have enough of, of in the tech industry, so they have to they have to focus on other people, right? You know, we don't even know what what uh, departments are affected. If I'm assuming it's all, maybe it's all. Everyone takes
0: a, a trim of one percent, but who knows? They they were saying it's like mainly um, underperforming salespeople. Another thing they're saying is that. Um, yeah, this art, this uh, article says that Salesforce is taking these cost-cutting measures seriously. Because remember, this is also driven by uh, Salesforce at their investor day, which was during Dreamforce. Mm-hmm. They talked about how they're going to be – they're really going to focus on profitability, improving margins. And um, and then right around the same time was when that um, this activist investor bought a bunch of shares of Salesforce. So they're probably driving this a lot, too, at this point. Um but uh, this says that Salesforce is taking these things seriously because the salespeople who were paid off, uh, laid off, they might have been paid off, too, <laughs> um, were given two months severance, which is much less lucrative than what they previously provided. It used to be four months maybe. Or no, Meta, so they compared it to Meta, who's giving four months. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But there was also, I don't, I don't know if it was this article, I think it was another one that talked about Salesforce and might could have a problem with with lawsuits over the fairness of who they're I mean, who they're choosing to lay off.
1: That's the uh, that's the bed they made for themselves when they they got hyper focused yeah. on demographics. It makes it hard for them to make any kind of natural corporate shift in their environment um, without someone coming in and, and claiming scrutiny, that, yeah, yeah, or
0: whatever. Um, do you remember what was it a few years ago when all these Silicon Valley companies started publishing their self self of uh, Flogging um, um, uh, what, what do you like diversity mm-hmm. their demographic reports or whatever yeah, um do they still do those I haven't <laughs> <laughs> I mean maybe they do
1: No. but uh yeah i don't, I don't know it's it, it it sucks, but I think it's it's not out of the norm for when the economy kind of slows like it has for companies to kind of shrink a bit just to kind of just kind of keep the lights on for a bit
0: longer, yeah. I mean, And this is, I mean, so far again, like at least for Salesforce, I mean, that, that's a pretty small, yeah. very small it's, percentage. It's, yeah. I mean, we're talking about one or 2%. These are people that wouldn't have been here six months from now anyway. And they're just like, yeah, hey, let's just pull that forward a little bit. <laughs> you know, I probably needed to help, um, you know, Salesforce is now and they're going to the start at Q4. So, and the you're strong, you know, they're serious about cutting costs and well, being maybe, more profitable. Maybe they should
1: put some cubicles in that mindful center instead of just having that empty space up there to get some work done. <laughs> Well, people don't come into the office. Let's uh, let's start building some generic support into the language. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some namespaces. Let's get that done. Right. Uh, let's fix flow and the performance issues and everything else. It's mm. um. A- hey, no. Let's let's start with some low hanging fruit. Okay. How about let's make sure that the setup UI isn't a bunch of iframes. Oh man. That yeah. that browsers reject if you have any kind of level of of uh, cross site scripting enabled. Yeah. Or prevention enabled.
0: Yeah. I know I always have to, in Brave, I always have to go into the setting and tell it to shields down on all Salesforce sites. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess they, I mean, Brave says it's because there are tracking cookies going on. But I think it's just it's just cross-domain cookies because these iframes that Salesforce has in setup, yeah. they're served from different domains. Right. Which is not great. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> it looks like a tracking uh, API. Yeah. And it just, in performance wise and everything, it just, yeah. You know, no, that would be great if they, if all of setup was brought up to speed. But I just, I mean, <laughs> is that ever going to happen? I would like to think so. How old is Lightning now? The Lightning experience?
1: Mm, I don't know, four, five years
0: at least, right? Well, I'm talking about web components. No, no, no I'm not talking about web okay. components. I'm just talking about the Lightning experience.
1: The whole experience? Uh...
0: Probably six years. 2014. um, 2014? No, 2015. Yeah, about six years. Um, August 25th, 2015. Salesforce, the customer success platform and world's number one CRM company, today introduced Salesforce Lightning, which sets a new standard for CRM and delivers a new level. It delivers a new level of customer success. Sure. Sure. Salesforce lightning combines the new lightning experience and the new lightning design system with lightning components and lightning app builder. Oh no, this was way later. Those didn't, those didn't come with the lightning announcement. Did they mm-hmm. wait? Lightning app builder and lightning components did. lightning mm-hmm. components. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, so was of aura. aura. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 2015, so that was seven years ago.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess we're
0: at the tail end of 2022. So we can count it. Well, it was in August. So we've already passed that year okay. mark. So yeah.
1: I mean, i i i I think it's a good technology. I mean, I, I have my my issues with it and I, the quirks, but I do like that the that I'm able to hook into somewhat of the UI and create native experiences that coexist with everything else. And I understand some of the the issues that they've had with trying to
0: secure that system. Um,
1: where am I going with that?
0: I don't know, but I agree. I mean, I think that also just the component system and the fact that you know you can mix and match. Third party? You I mean you can you can have third party components, vendor components? You can sell components in the map exchange. You can just you know have a more component oriented, a kind of modern. That's 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 fairly strongly based on the web components standards. Mm-hmm. Standards. Um, no, that's that's nice. A lot of I mean, and, and obviously the 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 development model. Is that the word? Development model of workflow of LWC. Is, I feel like, pretty good. Whereas Aura, which was their first stab at the model, was not good.
1: I mean, I think the models are similar. The way you build them and the way you interact with things is, is similar. I just think it has better support, browser support, since it's gone native
0: web components. And I, I think that's, the, that's what makes it better.
2: You don't, um,
1: think, the, you
0: don't think the developer model?
1: Is, well, that, the de- is de- that
0: the word? I'm, is that the term I'm trying to, am I thinking of using? Is that is that is that right? Deve- the developer model, development model. The framework? I don't know. No, just like the how, the UI, the... The, the developer experience. This, this, the interface it the exposes DX. to the developer. Yes, I mean, just, and just that, the whole model of the things you interact with to build components is... Well,
1: yeah. Uh, it, it, Aura was kind of shoehorned web it, component type stuff. You had... It, uh, Yes, but it was, it's, I it's, like
0: it was it's better. I mean, just just it was XML based, and you, the way you had to like register these all these define and register listeners. I mean, honestly, I, I kind of have most of that blocked out for the mental health reasons at this point in my life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, uh, yeah,
1: I get what you're saying. I get. I I I don't think the experience is that different from a day to day. I mean, there are aspects if you try to get into more advanced techniques that that are different, and I think even some of the language support was was a bit lacking, at least based on the linters and stuff that basically said you can't do this or shouldn't do this because of the, um, the uh, what was it called? Locker service? Yeah. Um, those kind of things kind of, I think, impacted the developer experience more than anything. But I, I think popping the stack, what I, I think what I was trying to get to was that I don't understand why the setup UI hasn't been brought forward, why there hasn't been enough attention. And I wonder if some of it is just because the setup UI in general is is not a great experience. Uh, I think it's gotten a little bit better with the way they segmented out the object from the the kind of the uh, settings or options of the of the system. But I think that whole thing needs to be rethought and maybe that's what they're, maybe that's what the delay is.
0: What um John let me ask you this, which which roads tend to be the last ones to get fixed? Probably the admin tools, yeah. I mean the roads that just aren't traveled as much. Which, which are the last ones? I can't gets, subscribe which to ones? that
1: with Salesforce because that's what, uh, that's what 90% of, uh, uh, well, I can't say 90%, but a good portion of, of the Salesforce ecosystem interacts with that setup UI.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you have to look at it in proportion of, I mean, of all the clicks that a Salesforce org gets. It's a very small percentage there in the setup UI. It's a small fraction of users that are in there. So, bang, yes. so when you you but, know when you only have so many employees and so many resources of different types, and you've got bug trackers with a mile long with features and issues and fixes and things, like you have to fit, you have to decide what gets fixed and what what gets addressed and what doesn't get addressed.
1: Yeah, and the cynical side of me will will say they'll prioritize the ones that that lead to to more licenses, of, of course. But <laughs> but. Salesforce from its inception was about a system that was configurable, a system that wasn't locked down, a system that you could customize and modify. That was its value as opposed to any other web application that was out there, which gave you a static site and said, here's the things you can do. Good luck with everything else. It was, you can customize the data model and then it was, you can customize the system by, by, with real code. With Visual Force, with S controls, with whatever, and now with Lightning. Mm -hmm. It's always been selling you a platform that they can change, selling you a platform that you can you can build things on. Not that you can use, because there's plenty of applications out there, CRM, that you can use, but how many of them can you customize to the extent of CRM? So for me, they're kind of losing the target. They're losing the soul, the core of of the system by saying by cynically me anecdotally saying we're going to prioritize features that, that sell licenses instead of focusing on the platform. So for me, the argument that, Oh, we can't do that. Cause it, it's, it's low on the priority. Cause that doesn't lead to licenses. Right. That's wrong. You know, fixing setup, fixing the tooling of the system, fixing the performance of the system. All of those I feel are important.
0: Okay. Let's, let's make John CEO for a day of Salesforce <laughs> or lower a quarter. Let's say for a quarter and you've got, you're running a business uh-huh. and you've got, numbers that must be hit you know what are you going to do I you gonna, you going to change your tune a little bit there or are you going to go down you know in flames i'd probably go down in flames yeah because i
1: i am i i know i would that's why i don't run a business today because i know me <laughs> <laughs> i i get hung up on the ethics on things i get hung up on on the quality of things over the profit of things and i i think that's what makes me not a millionaire
0: today because I don't, I don't it, focus you know, on the profit of things. It's not. It's not also cut and dry. I mean, look at um, look at things like Shopify and um, Twilio, things that whether it's a a a, a um in you know, like a web UI or it's an API, UX, DX, whatever you want to call it. I mean, like a Twilio or, or some of these platforms that have just great a great api great experience for developers outstanding documentation like they win they mm-hmm. kick everyone's ass
1: sure salesforce used to be one of those too
0: you would you would have ever put salesforce in, in that in that category well
1: in the category of having a good api i mean and it's first exception well, okay. you could customize the data model and you had a really great api that yeah. lets you kind of extend it and do do quite a bit
0: no, I agree. And it's well-documented. I, and that was, maybe I didn't pick a great example because I do think Salesforce has, um, for the most part, good, good APIs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pr- really one of the, my best, my favorite um, features of Salesforce in terms of how well it's executed and designed mm-hmm. and the experience. I think APIs are maybe the best thing they have, really. Sure, yeah. So, But I wasn't talking about Salesforce's API specifically. I just happened to pick a compare a company to compare that I, what I was talking about really was, you know the the interface that they're showing to customers. It's just it's really it's packaged well. It's designed well. It's super user friendly. It's very well documented. Well, you know, compare that to like and again, so let's pick on Salesforce. Like, um, the court, you know, of course their APIs are fine, but I mean the APIs are just kind of a small part of Salesforce's business. They have this whole platform with all these UIs and everything, and mm-hmm. um you know if they were to invest choose to invest in like let's say getting all these setup screens up to up to up to par okay that's going to take that's going to take resources away from implementing new features and all kinds of other things and will your the people that use those screens will their love for you at that point and their love for your product will that actually move the needle on more sales will that you know is that going to help you demo better is that going to help you get better gartner reviews and all this other crap i mean maybe it will I'm, and that's what that's what you know you as idealistic CEO that's what you're hoping you're yeah. like hey if i if I invest in making you know these parts of the platform a better experience for our users and for our customers, is that going to make a difference in our business and that's a tough question because i don't can't I can't say that I confidently know the answer to that. I would like to think that it would and I mean I there's, a, there's a some examples, point, a tipping point there's a tipping point like if it, if too many things are too bad then yeah you're just, you'll you'll be losing deals and you'll have more customer attrition but right. they, but they can be a certain level bad customers will put up with some shit especially if there's not a lot of good alternatives what are you gonna do I mean especially if you're already s- stuck in the roach motel what do you you know you're not going anywhere
1: I mean that's true but i I think they've reached saturation at least market share saturation enough that they need to start paying attention to these things. They need to to make sure that they're they're not they're not they're not losing customers. Um but I think a lot of it comes back to this this ecosystem, the tech industry in general where they their money was not made by sales, their profits were not made by selling you a subscription. Their profit was made at least for these guys up in the in the 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 top of the tower by selling growth to investors and saying we're worth fifty billion dollars. That's just that's just being a public company,
0: though. I mean, we kind of talked about that earlier. I mean, that's just the way this game is played. I mean, find me. Yes, it's hard to find tech companies that don't offer uh, operate by that model, especially you know, service SaaS slash SaaS companies.
1: But as it as as we're seeing now, I think it, I think it's it's coming. Uh, the bills have to be paid at some point. You know, they they they've kind of. They've kind of forgot to sign the check a few times and gotten away with, you know, whatever was happening in the last decade or so. But I think now these companies are going to have to actually show profit. They're going to have to actually show that their stuff is is good enough and can sell and can stand on its own, not on this pipe dream of we're going to continue to grow.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: it's it's time to start to start doing something.
0: Yeah. But now is not the time. Now is not the time. Okay. When Now that your stock price is half of what it was and, and don't forget. These companies they use their stock to pay their employees. It's a huge part of compensation. Okay, they also use stock to go out and finance acquisitions all the time. They just they just issue more stock. Okay, Mm -hmm. so this is free money. In addition to that, we've had the Federal Reserve, the Federal Funds rate at zero percent for ten years, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which uh, which enables a whole other class of financial shenanigans. And all these companies have taken advantage of all of this. Well, now. I'm just speaking generically because I mean, I, I mean, I know Salesforce's stock is down, and a lot of these companies' stock is down. Your stock is worth half as much, so there goes your buying power with acquisitions. There goes your ability to pay your employees with stock instead of cash. Now they're going to want. They're going to want. Listen, when you're trying to recruit, and I know that you know everyone's like hiring freezes right now, but at some point you got you've got to hire people. Mm-hmm. Um, the the stock portion of that isn't going to be near as lucrative. You're going to have to come up with more cash to pay people actual cash. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to reevaluate your whole system. You're, no one's going to want to be paid with stock for your acquisitions anymore. Um, and, and if you, and if they do, then, you know, you're going, to, you're going to have to come up, you're going to have to pay them double the, the amount of stock that you would have for the same acquisition value. And I mean, also, the- and again, I'm telling you these, these interest rates going up is a huge problem for then you know, all these companies that their whole operating model was, a, with their financial model was based around free money. So all that's going away. All that's going away, yes. John. So, so knowing, I, well, yeah, I'm not going to make a judgment call on that. I mean, that's just the way, This and these are financial instruments, and they're, this, is a, this is a model that any CFO of a large company you know, understands and, and operates with
1: at some point someone's got to pay you have that to. bill you have to
0: well th- i don't i don't disagree and especially when all these especially when the music as the music is stopping mhm now the now all this music's stopping the f- the f- interest rate music is stopping the stock price music is stopping
1: mhm
0: the the growth is stopping this is as as a as a country as a world right now gp i mean the growth is stopping so it's all stopping so yeah i mean it's at at that level yes you know you it's you know you what did you just say you have to pay for these things right or whatever um but back to john being ceo for a quarter is this is is now the time to pick to go and spruce up your setup screens i don't think so i don't think any ceo is gonna be like yo this is this is the point (laughs) now that we don't we don't have near the financial capability that we did six months ago. Not even close. Now the times now's the time you're going to you're going to like decide to, you know, gut your basement and rebuild or whatever, you know, rebuild stuff. I mean, I'm trying to think of a metaphor. I can't think of one. A good one. But yeah, no, I think I think now's is when you hold on and try to make it through this terrible ride we're all about to go on. I, I can't argue with that. I think that's a, that's a good way of putting it. It
1: does change my perspective a little bit, but at the same time, it's like these guys have been living on credit for forever. You know, they've been living this this lifestyle that that's been beyond their means. And at some point we all have to do this. We all have to kind of recenter and say what is our core? what are the things that we really need to have in our budget and refocus on that and go back to some of those basics. You know, I can't. I can't afford the, the Japanese wagyu anymore. I got. I just got to eat my regular choice steak. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know, and I, I think Salesforce needs to start eating some choice steak and get it back to the core. Get I mean, it back to being I mean. a software company, not a marketing company. Mm, yeah, and I, and build good software. Yeah,
0: it's it's a balance because they have to keep marketing and selling.
1: That's because uh, I I have this thing about Salesforce, and that is that they've they. I don't think they've ever been a software company. I think they've always been a marketing company. They've always been selling their, their future, not, not their product. And that, I think that's what frustrates me when I see that the platform has, has gotten to the point that it has, because, you know, Benioff used to say he, you know, he, he started this company because of the lessons he learned because of the software that was out there that just didn't let you do what you wanted to do. Didn't let you do what, the, what you need to do. They were all dinosaurs, and he wanted to modernize it. Well, he stopped modernizing Salesforce and started focusing on on acquisitions and growth and everything else. It was it's not about so- software anymore, or mm-hmm. maybe it never was.
0: I mean, I feel like I'm talking I, in circles. I, no, but, I, I hear what you're saying, and I probably made that same argument before. But I just they're definitely. I mean, I, I cannot argue with it that they're a marketing and sales focused company. They they sell the sizzle better than anyone else. Um mm-hmm. but I mean they've got a massive suite of of products and a massive platform. I mean, it's real. It's real. <laughs> Do I have a <laughs> clip for that? I feel like I should.
1: Uh, I mean it is real. I mean I'm not gonna say it's not real. I mean, it's it's not it's not bad. I might even go as far as to say it's it's great. But, I mean, what what do I expect out of the future? Being a Salesforce centric developer that I've kind of shoehorned myself into for the last ten years, you know.
0: I mean, I don't know what. <clears throat> I think you should, should expect kind of about what you've been getting,
1: which is nothing. Nah, that's not true. <laughs> yeah there's 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 a lot of cynicism with that with that comment but if they're not going to focus on the things like the the admin the the admin tooling and they're not going to focus on the language what is left for me hey john what (laughs) is left for you as a as a as a implementer
0: or as a system admin what is left for you john um don't say that they don't ever build anything for you because there are new assertion methods on the system class okay Actually, those are nice. I like them. <laughs> so don't don't say you never <laughs> got anything, okay? It was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so back to what What's left for you as a system admin? What do you mean? If they're not going to focus on
1: the tooling, and they're not going to focus on… But they
0: do. They do. They're doing stuff do with they? tooling. Yes, they do. Do they? I mean, look what started with, with DX.
1: Yeah, and my understanding of that was… was and you the got people that, that let push that forward. The people that made the case for for getting a better better developer experience are mostly gone now. You got
0: that's fine. That's what that's this industry. I you, know. You got DX. You got second generation packaging. You got VS Code. You're getting what's the, what are they calling their Code Spaces? That's built on Code Spaces or whatever. You're getting you're going to be getting DevOps Center. I mean, hey, I'm not. You're not going to get me to say that it's where I need it to be. <laughs> okay.
1: You also aren't in there day to day out developing on this platform. No, I'm not. I know. You get to use the nice APIs. I know. I get to use the languages. Yeah, I get to use the setup UI. I get to try to figure out what I did or so, did not do right in to be order fair, to get this package in setup.
0: done. I'm in setup all the time. I live in setup because I'm having to create connected apps and I'm doing SSO stuff and fixing all the profiles and permission sets that are wrong for the integration. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all this. I'm always in setup. So Trust me, I would, I would very much welcome improvements to setup.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: if it, if if you were to say, Jeremy, hey, here's the deal, here's the deal. <laughs> God, I, I can't say that anymore. A phrase has been taken from me, and I'm not happy about that. If you were to say, we're gonna, we're gonna um, get you generics in Apex, and we're gonna get you proper like namespaces in Apex, and we're gonna get you. Lambdas and anonymous classes, and we're going to fix that up. Mm-hmm. But that's going to mean that we are going to have to take that those resources, those funds from our sales and marketing budgets, and we are just not going to sell as much. And you're not your company, your nice little consulting company you have there, is just not going to. You're not going. To, y'all aren't going to see as much business. Yeah, and that's going to affect your bottom line. Yeah, what's what, what am I going to choose here? You're gonna choose the bottom line, obviously. I mean, and obviously, it's not cutting. It's not one or the other. That's the thing. This is not a dichotomy. We, we both things can be done. It's just you know, it, 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 relative levels. Like you can't have one thing that just dominates the other. And and I think my you know probably what your argument is. I feel like it's been dominated by sales and marketing. I feel like way too much. I feel like they haven't got. They need to. They need a knob next to their tree knob. Mm-hmm. They need a. <laughs> A resource direct allocation knob <laughs> and on on one side, you got sales and marketing. On the other side, you got like make the platform better.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that's my gripe is that, you know, in, in, in time, when times were good, they just, they just n- did not seem to really care that much about the developer experience. And it seemed like they were going to, you know, that what was it two or three years ago when they started DX, you know, I was, ecstatic about it I was happy about it I was even happy that the conference that first conference was developer coder specific yeah it wasn't admin it wasn't trailblazer it wasn't any of that it was trailhead developer experience it wasn't a bunch of freaking mascots running around shaking people's hands and taking pictures it was developers
0: Uh, I think actually I think those mascots have always been there
1: Eh, maybe but they they, we had the bear Cody that was
0: it (laughs) okay I just something just dawned on me what? Is is Cody um and I don't want to miss gender. I I'm not I'm, I'm going to avoid gender. Is Cody's name based on the word code? I think so. Yeah, okay. he's he's I the just, bear ma- okay. he's the code mascot. I never I he, just, she, I just it, they them damn it, it just dawned on me. <laughs> it just dawned on me. Oh, when you said Cody. Yeah. Like I heard the word code for the first time in that. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, they're they're really they're uh, witty, very witty with that. Yeah.
0: I will tell you, um, I was sitting at Dreamforce waiting for one of the uh, keynotes to start, and two or three of the mascots were on the stage dancing, Mm -hmm. and it was freaking hilarious. And in fact, I think it was Cody. Is is Cody kind of like a pear-shaped bear? Mm -hmm. Okay. Cody was doing some hilarious dancing. Was he twerking up there? I mean, I I have video of it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hilarious. I think they were dancing to, um, I don't remember what song it was now, but it was just, it was, it was great. And then one of them was doing headstands, handstands, whatever they're called. Mm -hmm. But I think it got stuck on its head. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a turtle that got flipped over or something.
1: (laughs) Uh, I don't know how I feel about these mascots. You know, a part of the, 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 well, i didn't mean for us to go down a mascot Randall That's but, true. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't take it too far. But I guess part of me, uh, there's a there's a lack of old school professionalism in this environment where we have cartoon characters dancing around and people. Treating, oh treating God, you're such like an farmers, old man. You're such an old man. I, I don't mind. I, this I, is I, not professional. I know. I know. It's not that I'm. It's not that I'm not about having fun. I just I feel like the fun is used as a way to distract you from the real issues. You know. It's not like fun for fun's sake. It's fun for don't look at that ugly setup. Go go go! Look at that dancing bear over there. Yeah, isn't that fun? Why don't you go take a picture yeah, of I
0: know. You know. Don't, don't, don't look at our setup screen. Go it's look like, it's at like going
1: screen. to Disney world and all the, all the rides are closed, but they have all the character meets and saying, Oh, just go meet the characters. That's fine. No, you can't ride that mountain,
0: that, mean, that roller coaster. Just yes, go meet,
1: just go meet Disney. Go meet
0: uh, Donald is, Duck. But this is every company does. They're going to put their best foot forward. They're going to distract you away from things they don't want you to pay attention to. Come on, man. I know. I just, I just want to,
1: I just want to do my job and have good tooling to do my job. And it's gotten better. Some uh, of it by by members of the community writing or implementing really nice IDEs for me to use. Um, some of it is language-centric. Some of it is setup-centric yeah. of features and things they've changed and added. It's just, it, it it feels like like it's not a priority. It feels like, yeah, it happens, but it's not a priority. And th- that's my only gripe. Well, it's nothing, never been a priority. Happens, through through yeah. good times, through bad times, through whenever, it's never a good time to... to
0: to make things better, I don't know. I mean, stuff has been happening, and nothing happens without it being prioritized. I know. I just, am just, just, just talking not fast in enough. Circle, It's not as much. It's not enough, and it's not fast enough. I'm an impatient person. Yeah. I was gonna mention something else. I completely forgot. Oh, look at all the um. The other thing is like, look at all this. Look at all this stuff that the org engineers produce. Man, they got crap for it. Didn't I mean, they? and I don't even know. I mean, I, I presume they get. You know, paid to work on some of this. But I, I feel like a lot of their own time goes into some of this I do stuff too. I mean, I feel like I these are these were total side projects yeah. that Salesforce just benefited from.
1: And yeah, I just I, I feel I feel like that team might have gotten a little screwed on some of that stuff.
0: I mean, yeah. I don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't know. They have some good ideas and they have some some tooling that I think could benefit from some polish by 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 letting another team at least at least either take those ideas or at least advance what they have. Um, yeah, but it seems like they decide to start from scratch or do something different mm-hmm. because they know better and it doesn't turn out as good.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: I mean, the packaging CLI for DX is extremely simplistic and doesn't really give you a lot of app options or help or anything like that which is fine it's it's a very simple api and that's what makes it work and that's what makes it less bug prone yeah but if you look at the the tooling for for uh, cumulus ci there's so many options there's so many things you can do there's so many things you can kind of stitch together and orchestrate and it's really does and it makes it <sighs> yeah, makes the experience nicer
0: i mean well yeah it's it's a layer i mean you could have done this yourself you could you could have written it's it's basically i mean even in in the cci documentation they say this is basically Instead of writing, you know, your own Bash scripts to to tie everything to tie all these things together, I mean, ninety mm-hmm. percent of what uh, CCI is doing is calling DS, SFDX under the hood. Yeah, but that's, I mean, well, and I'm oversimplifying. I mean, it's, it's doing stuff with GitHub and other things, but I mean, again, um, that kind of that's how they kind of describe what what CCI is. This is instead of you having to write a bunch of Bash scripts to do all these things and and mm-hmm. put all you know tie all these commands together and, and whatever you know, we're kind of doing that for you with this with CCI, and we're going to give you a nice CLI and, you know, we're going to give you a nice interface into it that's not just a bunch of bash scripts. Right.
1: Yeah, and that, that's just, that's what makes the developer experience, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we've done as programmers through the ages. I but, mean, we don't write garbage
0: collection anymore because some, something else handles that for us. But that's the great thing about having, you know, whether it's command line interfaces or application programming interfaces. Like, these are interfaces that can be consumed by other tools and chain these things together kind of in the Unix philosophy of you know you you know you just talked about how DX just does kind of like these maybe I don't there might be putting your words in mouth but like these small things or fine-grained things or limited things that Mm -hmm. that's fine Um, we'll call them the instruction set but they're yeah but they're easily consumable and composable by other tools yeah and you know if if DX tried to do too much or tried to put together like multi-stage things that it does or whatever well, now it's not near as consumable because right. you kind of have to take its this opinionated way about how it's going to do all these different things instead of you having your own tools or using some other third-party tool that is composing and putting all these different steps together and adding its own value to it and stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, ju- I just think that that's where the polish
1: comes in is you, you start with these building blocks and you start adding your layers and, and that's what you produce as a company. But it seems like the default is we've, we've given you this building block. Now community you go do it because yeah. we've got to focus on selling features.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's why it's great to have community, John. All, all 5 billion of us. Yeah. Apparently mm-hmm. Was it, we're 9 million developers, 9 million. Oh yeah. There's only 125, uh, 120,000 certified people in the ecosystem. So we really need to get on those developers. You need to, you need to get your certifications. In fact, it gives me an opportunity to use this guy.
2: Don't your matches.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you're fun with that. Yeah, I know. What else do I have here? Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and put it into those, um, to those mascots. Okay. Uh, yeah, all, all the mascots out there. We need to go ahead and. Um You know, take the suits off and and hang them up. You guys are done. Uh, We're rolling back the mascot program. Thanks for your service. Good luck.
1: Oh, we don't know that. We don't know what? Did the mascots get laid? off?
0: No. You don't lay mascots off. That's true. You just replace them with cheaper uh, people inside. Oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Change the guts out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, John. Let's let's wrap this this up. up. Yeah. Well, I don't want to talk anymore. Yeah. People are probably done listening to us. I'm sure. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully uh, the sound, it wasn't too terrible. We will, we will have to keep working on it. Um, either that or just go back to our previous device. That's always an option because this one's kind of driving me nuts. I don't know. That one was fun. I it is fun. Buttons. I know. It's got buttons. It's got buttons. Um, but I, I am going to get a batch of stickers out as soon as my tech support here uh, gets my, my Dymo printer working. I like how that became my job all of a sudden. I've, I asked you for help. I officially, on the show, asked you I, for your for your help. And so I'm needing that help because I cannot get it working. Do you want me to just take it home and see if I can get it working? I literally need tech support. Yeah, you can. All right, I'll take it
1: home and okay. see if I can get it working this weekend.
0: But uh, regardless, keep your sticker requests coming in. We have uh, we've got definitely have a queue here, but um, if you would like stickers, just send us an email at info at com. And uh, put stickers in the, uh, in the subject line there so I know what it's for. And your mailing address and how many stickers you want. Other than that, join our Slack at www.gooddayserpodcast.com. Click on Community. You'll figure out the rest. And uh, go outside. Uh, if the weather's permits, get some sun. It's hard to get sun this time of year, but it's really important. And I'm not a doctor, but if you're you probably should be on vitamin D supplements this time of year. I'm on two thousand units a day. Um so unless it's unless you're in like Australia right now or something, or South America, you probably should be on D supplements, but eat good food. No, it's coming up yep. here. Yeah. Um enjoy your loved ones. If
1: it's your birthday, happy birthday.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Don't use flow. I feel like we're milking this why are we milking I it i don't know don what <clears throat> else
0: what else do you have to say i uh, to that i say good day sir you get nothing wow you lose good day sir